Welcome everybody, I'm Richard Krause. It's time for our once yearly look at Star Wars. We do one of these every year, and this year we have two incredible guests for you. A little bit later on, Cole Horton will be here. He is the co-author of a new book called The Star Wars Book. Simple title, it's everything you need to know about Star Wars all in one place. We'll get to him a little bit later on. First though, Hello, sir. I am C-3PO Human-Cyborg Relations. That's the voice that launched a thousand starships. I don't know if that's true, but that, of course, is the voice of actor Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Last year, Anthony Daniels released I Am C-3PO, the inside story in hardcover. It's a memoir. It is a look back at the making of the original Star Wars movies and then everything that came afterwards. Now there's a paperback version out just in time for Christmas. We had a wonderful time talking about the book. Before we get there, though, we had to talk about the pandemic. So last March, Anthony Daniels and his wife were on a promotional tour of the United States when he was told he would have to cancel the rest of the tour and go back to England. Let's let Anthony Daniels, a.k.a. C-3PO, pick up the story. It was kind of a shock because there we were in San Francisco in the Four Seasons Hotel. And that night I, I heard a police car going down Market Street saying something like, go to your place of refuge. Or, and it, it was like uh, an apocalypse movie. Yeah. Um, bad things are happening that are bigger than you've ever thought of. Mm -hmm. The next day, um, when I phoned out to check around the hotel, they said, it's closed. Which was kind of weird because we were like on the 40th floor and <laughs> it wasn't a good feeling. So we spent the day locked in the suite and, and got to the airport and, and got on a plane back to England. And then of course, lockdown in, in England, in London for three months. And taking exercise, we know every single alleyway, yard, road, lane, whatever, because you, you walking. Um, and we became even more knowledgeable about uh, the history of London because it, it's writ large on many of the street names. So that was good. <clears throat> then um, one of the, uh, the good things is we're having some work done uh, at our home in France. And that was a great distraction. Actually, as was a, <laughs> as was a building within our view in London, with a huge crane that would just ballet dance, giant objects. I would stand like a loon gazing out at the world because uh, building work would go on. And so one finds little, little bits of entertainment. And, you know, very, very fortunately, um, in a way, I, I wished I'd had a book to write, but I'd already done that. But yeah, if you, if you relax about it and look at your resources and, and find what you've got, you know, there's many, many people who are so worse off. But, you know, the pebble in your shoe is a pebble in your shoe. And I, I kind of feel really, really sad, really triste at the, the jobs that, that I was looking forward to that just vanished, you know? But then so many people, uh, their career has, has gone. Um, things will pick up, but I don't know when. And I am pushing for a speedy, I want it to happen, but, you know, in good time, when it's safe. I don't want people to uh, take shortcuts here. So um, I've been coping remarkably well. 
that having been said, there are days when you wake up and it just just doesn't feel good. It's, yeah. You think, is this true? Is this a movie I'm in? Is this a, an H.G. Wells story? It's, it's a nightmare. And that you have to fight against. You have to, yeah, it's bad. So what can I do to make myself think of something else? Yeah. I mean, thank goodness for television and books. Yeah, and music, yeah. Well, at least you're getting out of the house. Maybe, you know, with your newfound knowledge of London, you could uh, drive a cab when everything <laughs> comes back to normal, <laughs> now that you have the knowledge. London is such a wonderful city that, that I feel good about knowing a bit more about it. You, know, um, you just got to, you see, if you find yourself saying things like stay strong, mm. which oh, sounds dreadful. I'm sorry I said it. But so do you got. Well, congratulations on the paperback release of the book. First of all, I was really chuffed to, um, to be told that, you know, we're going to make the paperback. Um, because that meant the hardback uh, had done really well, which it has. Um, and that we now move on to the next stage. So the hardback is available in Spanish and French in their own format and in Japanese, which obviously is slightly smaller than the um, European book. Um, so that's all covered and there are more languages coming up. But then the paperback is something from my past that I think in our family, always a hardback book was a bit special. You had to be a bit careful with it, not to crease the pages or it, it felt a bit grand, a bit like the front room that you only ever used when you had visitors and it was a bit cold. <laughs> so a paperback, you can sort of, doesn't matter if you bend a page, in fact, turn the page down or whatever, and break the spine a bit to, um, to, to make it comfortable to read. Also, it is so much easier to to carry around it there's something kind of informal about it and friendly and cozy so i i of course have a hardback and a, and a paperback now. you're listening to my interview with anthony daniels author of i am c3po the inside story now available in paperback i i love paperbacks i have uh, on the shelves behind me here and more every paperback that i bought as a kid and they're tucked away there. They mean so much to me because they were what I could afford when I was younger. They were uh, books that I loved and read and the more creased they were, the more bent at the spine they were, meant the more loved they were because I would have read them over and over again. So paperback books to me are very special. You're absolutely right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel that. And curiously, um, I began to read the, the paperback just now too, and I realized that in going through it before, I've been rather careful not to break this, this fine. And now, frankly, I don't know, I'm being gentle, but it's actually really well made. But I want to know that this is my copy that I mess with if I, if I want to. Yep. And of course, what a great time of year to bring out a paperback. <laughs> I just realized that yep. um, Christmas is coming up. Um, for heaven's sake, we all need a bit of cheering up. And for all those, here's a commercial, uh, for all you Star Wars fans, what better to have as your stocking stuffer? <laughs> I mean, people stuff turkeys and they stuff stockings. Um, it's, it's, uh, it should Why be not stuff it with IMC3PO this year? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, um, and make it your, your Christmas reading for the next decade. Um, this isn't a straightforward uh, autobiography, though. It focuses almost entirely on the Star Wars work. Um, why did you choose to go that route? Because it's a very good question. Um, um, occasionally I read reviews, <clears throat> not very often, but somebody alerted me to one. Um, and it's hated the book. Um, and one of the principal reasons was that I talked about, I can't say it with a straight face, I talked about myself a lot. Yeah. Well, darling, it's kind of, it's about me. So I'm writing, it's like an autobiography about an aspect of my life. So an autobiography means I write about my mm -hmm. bio. Um, and it, I mean, look, I'm, I'm laughing even to this day, you know, um, because everybody is a critic now. Everybody is a journalist, all that kind of thing. But boy, are some people underqualified. But it, it, it gave me a laugh. The reason I chose to write about um, my life around the films is because it is a very specific um, phenomenon, if, if you like. Something I never thought would happen. Mm -hmm. And then I realized it had happened. And I realized there's not enough material in, I think, 95,000 words, which I was eventually set, um, to only talk about that. And what I realized that I, I could space as spaces with other things in between, because Star Wars is not just about the movies. It's, it's uh, got all sorts of ramifications from um, the merchandise, the music, uh, people who forge things, um, various experiences, exhibitions, and so on. And these are all important, important parts of my life as, a, as a, a person in Star Wars. You know, because the book is not all happiness and, and joy and glee and stuff. There are, some, there are some bits in it that made me feel very, very uncomfortable to revisit. In the early days particularly, and, and I leave people to, to read about that, and um, in writing the book and agreeing to write it, I thought, well, it has to be honest. There's no good saying, oh, it's all lovely, right? The best time. Oh, everything was fantastic. Um, it's not a sensational book at all. And I didn't want to trivialize it. You know, there's not, there are some things I have left out for taste and discretion because, you know, I don't want to slag anybody off. Um, I'm negative about one or two people because that's life. And you know, some people deserve to be negative at or by or with. Yes, to, yes. Negative to. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not a sensational book. It's, it's full of funny little facts and, and so on. Um, and I realized there was enough for a book. And also my personal life is, is pretty, well, it's not average, but um, what it, one of the things I didn't want in the book and then we did this, and then we did that. And then I, so it's written in a slightly idiosyncratic way. Um, all those grammar rules that I learned at school, never start a sentence with an and or a but. Hey, <laughs> are you kidding? Um, I think sometimes I have a sentence that is only but. 
you recently did a voice in the Lego Holiday Special, uh, which is a Christmas special, uh, which is based on the 1978 television special. That wonderful record, which of course I talk about, Christmas in the Stars, which um, <laughs> a terrible thing I did years ago, because I can't sing, and they, and they, they got me to New York, and I talk about it in the book, to um, um, do these Christmas songs, and it was like, a really bizarre dream. And now, as I talk a bit in the book, it um, has become a ritual with some families to play this wonderful nonsense. You know, at Christmas, you can be a bit silly and have rituals that, that, really, that really mean something to a family. You know, you get out that same old tinselly thing that was on the tree um, and you get out Christmas in the Stars and now you can get out a worn up paperback. I have a copy of Christmas with the Stars on vinyl, and I have it on CD, uh, two different versions which get pulled out every Christmas. What do you give a Wookiee when he already has a comb? An amazing What do you comb? give a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? Why can you get in a hurry, 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 kind of? Yeah, um, singing, um, I was in a couple of musicals on stage, and I finally said to my agent, you know, it's not fair on the audience. They paid money. There's people who can, and you know, if I had a talent, if, if, if I could have a magic wand and have a talent, it would be to sing. You could not possibly have imagined that 43 years later, you would still be voicing this character. But, uh, we'll come back to that, but um, you, you said the two uh, horror words in the English, English language, um, the holiday special. Yes. Uh, and again, there, there's a whole half a chapter on the original holiday special because it remains one of the most shocking, undignified pieces of non-entertainment, something so abusive of uh, the, the basic premise of Star Wars. Something that was let out to a production company by Lucasfilm, never again. That, their, their grasp has, has taken it all back. But you know, you can see it on YouTube. Um, and it is how anybody could consider that piece of nonsense as being viable. And it is in the range of so appalling, you love it. However, I'm going to tell you. So when, when they said, we, uh, we'd like you to do uh, a voiceover in a voice in the Lego Star Wars holiday special 2020, I just laughed. Are you kidding? People are going to rise up when they hear it's going to happen again. You're listening to my interview with Anthony Daniels, star of Star Wars and author of I Am C-3PO, the inside story now in paperback. I've seen it. I have to say it's nothing like the original. I'm surprised they used the title, but they did. And it's remarkably clever. And I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but uh, that's it. That's it. Um, but I certainly relived the original horror. I was only in it for a while, but when you watch two hours of it, and nobody did, uh, it was like an anesthetic, except to get waking you up with things that are even worse. But you say, amazing 40-something years later, um, I'm still going, hello, I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. And it is, even I'm amazed that I can do it. And I will tell you that there are other things coming up. And the weird thing about my job is I cannot say to people, I was in the studio yesterday doing this and that, because I get calls from Lucasfilm, from Disney. 
you can't say that. <laughs> it is secret. Yes, we are releasing the information in six months' time. I will tell you that by the time, <laughs> I will admit, by the time um, the holiday special came out, I couldn't remember what I'd done. It was so long ago now. And so um, they, they sent it to me so they could see. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that makes the book so readable is not simply the behind the scenes of Star Wars, although that's very appealing. Uh, it's not just the, the making of stuff, also very appealing. It is, I think, the universal idea that uh, something that seems like a great job on the outside wasn't always great. I think that is something that everyone can relate to. You're absolutely right. And I, I do believe, you know, when I go into my favorite supermarket, which is great, and I see people endlessly moving, the staff endlessly moving things online or on the shelves or restocking them. Two things occur to me. Uh, one is that hopefully they are working within a team of people that they like each other, that they trust each other, they help and so on and so on. So they get a kind of a team thing, a, a corporate sense of doing something. And supermarkets are important, doing something important. Thank goodness for our supermarkets in this COVID thing. The other thing that occurs to me is if everybody had stunning, wonderful, fulfilling jobs, we wouldn't have such an interest in, in sport and football and, and movies and, and, and books because they're a huge distraction. And for many people, the movies are hugely important as a view to a different world, away from that um, mechanic shop or the supermarket shelf. It gives them Escapism, you escape. But the significant thing to mention is, of course, that that effect in Star Wars has lasted, as you said, for 40 something years. So much art that uh, was made before the pandemic, whether it was 40 years before or just films that are coming out now that were made you know, in the last year or two that I'm seeing, seem to have these timely moments to me. And maybe I'm just noticing things now because we live in such a topsy-turvy world where uh, we don't know uh, who's lying and who isn't. And people will boldface lie to you who shouldn't be lying to you, i.e. politicians and things. And I just start to notice themes that I pick out from the movies that really resonate with me. And they are themes of uh, truthfulness, of empathy, of compassion, and and uh, they seem to be easier and easier for me to find as the world becomes more and more upside down. And I think, you know, again, Star Wars has all of that in spades, and, and probably that is in one part uh, the, one of the reasons that it has stayed around for so long. It occurs to me that as a child, as a schoolboy, one of the worst insults you could say to another student was liar it was it so was against the bedrock of society to tell lies now we know and of course the reason you recognize it forgive me is you're a little older than you were which means your experience is greater you've seen things change you've realized with hindsight that something was a lie and it's hurtful Sadly, it's become an overreality now. And that makes me sad because I don't know who to trust anymore. On, on that rather downbeat note, 
<laughs> we have to, I have let's, to wrap this up. Let's not end on that. Okay. Because if you say that, um, Star Wars contains so many wonderful things. And one of them, remember, that original film was called A New Hope. Yeah. Now, you've got, you've got three generations already loving Star Wars. You've got other generations in the making. We aren't always going to be in the year 2020 with all its unfortunate aspects. Things will change, but it, it means that the good people have got to be even better. And what better way than to revisit your, your old favorites? I just read in paperback uh, Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, written in uh, the mid-30s, 1930s. Um, remarkably prescient about the future. I mean, how did he know all this was going to happen? But it's a stunning book and beautifully written. Um, and that's in paperback, Penguin. Uh, again, much loved, thumbed, and I found it. You're listening to my interview with Anthony Daniels, star of Star Wars and author of I Am C-3PO, The Inside Story, now in paperback. There's, there's joy to be had, there's joy to be found. There's, there's families, there's uh, the, the great thing about uh, the internet or books is that it's available to, to everybody to read, uh, to, to, to fill in their loneliness, to uh, make their lives expand a bit. One of my great joys, the last time I was in Toronto, which was a year ago, was to be in that bookshop with the audience. And that was absolutely lovable. It was a, a bunch of people and having fun. Boy, and when I brought you up to the stage, I introduced you and brought you up to the stage, and the look on everyone's face was, and I told my wife this afterwards, from my point of view looking then, it was like they were all five years old and had just seen a balloon for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely, I shall think of myself as a balloon to a five-year-old, yes. Um, yeah, and the five-year-olds will grow to be 15 and 20 and whatever. But one of the things, of course, I am missing at the moment in COVID is not to be able to, to be an Indigo bookshop in front of a loving crowd crammed in there. Now, yeah. you know, it's so sad to think we can't do that. And to see, and to, for me to see in their faces the joy and, and to, um, to be able to contact people almost um, well literally face to face mm -hmm. who saw the movie screen who saw my performance heard my voice on the screen but never got to meet me never got to say I like what you did and you know that's the end of the subject um, people come up and say um, you know are, are you uh, are you C3PO and I kind of look down at my jeans and my sweater and said well not today no but um, and they go yeah uh, anyway I just want to say thank you and sometimes thank you for my child, whatever. And I've realized that is that balances the situation. They saw me on screen and others, and they liked what they saw, but they couldn't turn to me and say, I like that, thank you, which is a normal human thing. Um, I always, I realized that if I ever got to meet Tom Hanks, who I admire hugely, I realized that all I would say was thank you for all the entertainment. After that, there is nothing 
That's all I need to say. I don't need to say, I loved it when you did this. Uh, uh, oh, your Captain Phillips was oh, fantastic. And, you know, saving private, right? No, none of that. Just thank you. And that balances the score. So next time somebody listening bumps into me in the street wearing a mask, um, I have got a gold mask, actually, because uh, I got complaints about wearing a black mask. Oh, so my wife, Christine, and I sewed a gold mask together. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, when you meet me, say thank you. And I will probably say, well, thank you for watching. Because if you don't watch, I got no purpose. Anthony, thank you so much. What a pleasure and to speak to always, you. Again. It's always, Richard, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and always stay in touch. Absolutely, thank you. And um, may the force be with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. It's a pleasure, Richard. It's always so much fun to talk to Anthony Daniels. Find his book, IMC3PO, The Inside Story, in paperback, wherever you buy fine books. Now we meet Cole Horton. He is one of the co-authors of the Star Wars book, so I had to ask him, how did you get into Star Wars? Well, I discovered them on VHS tapes in the mid-90s. There was a re-release, and in fact, the marketing tagline was, own these classics, you know, one last time, as if that would somehow be the end of it. Uh, funny enough, it certainly wasn't. So yeah, it was between that and toys. Uh, and then at the time, you know, there, there wasn't as much Star Wars to be had, certainly not as much new Star Wars to be had. So I turned to book. Yeah, I, I watched the original movies out of order. I didn't know better. I, I just, I picked up the VHS tape that looked the most interesting. And, um, but it didn't matter, right? Because there was this massive world and, and that promise of learning more uh, always draws you back in. You talked about the books. So uh, a lot of people listening will know, but uh, maybe not everyone, that there are dozens of, uh, probably more than that, of, of novels that exist within the Star Wars universe. Tell us a little bit about those, if you could. There's stories being told all over the place, whether it's novels or comics or even you know, video games and VR these days. But yeah, all of them are part of one universe. So the, the Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia that exist in the films, well, they can have other adventures in other places. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it, it really shines a spotlight on things that might have only got a passing reference in the films. Um, in other cases, it looks at the history and where these characters came from. And, uh, you know, you can, of course, enjoy the films without having read these. They, they stand alone. But there's a lot of rich richness if you do. And if you like those Easter eggs and you like um, that little extra bit of trivia, which so many Star Wars fans do, they really add a lot. You've co-written the Star Wars book um, with uh, Pablo Hidalgo and Dan Zare. Um, are those... Are, are they like the gatekeepers? I know that I've spoken with Pablo before and he's one of the people who, when they're making a film or there's a video game or something, they go and say, uh, the, the, the lightsaber is going to be blue this time. And he goes, Oh no, you can't have it blue because, or whatever. Like they, he carries an enormous amount of information in his head. So it, are, are there gatekeepers that uh, sort of, keep an eye on the universe to make sure that it does all fit together like a jigsaw puzzle? Yeah, I don't know if they would call themselves gatekeepers, but they are certainly stewards. And uh, as lots of people come in and out of the franchise and are adding characters and stories and, and places, 
uh, to that one big story. Yeah, Pablo is in a unique role mm -hmm. in that uh, he and um, his counterparts there at Lucasfilm uh, help make sure it all kind of stays straight and it all fits in, in the timeline and uh, the facts work as best as they can because it is a, it is a big sandbox of lots of people uh, coming together. And that, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's more than a full-time job. It's multiple people's full-time jobs to keep it all straight. And then, you know, when, when like myself and Dan and so many of the authors come in and, and work on that space, um, you know, it, it's part of our job to try to keep it as straight as we can. Uh, I, you know, behind me have uh, every Star Wars book and, and read every single story and, and consume every story that is told. Um, but it's nice to know that between uh, folks like Pablo at Lucasfilm and, and that team, plus the editorial staff, plus our editors at the you know, publisher like DK, like everybody loves this. And we all want it to be as good as possible. And you always have support uh, from all those people who are there to help you uh, make sure it's as great as it can be. So let's talk about the Star Wars book. Uh, expand your knowledge of a galaxy far, far away. It's 2020. What is left that we, all, that we don't already know about the Star Wars universe that we can learn from this book? Well, that's the beautiful thing about Star Wars. Uh, you know, in contrast to what they told me in 1995, that that was the last time to, to own these classics, uh, Star Wars keeps expanding. And so a lot of what we're doing is making sure that we take everything that's been told and we put it in context and we mm. put it together. So uh, what we have here covers the films, the um, animated series, the live action series like The Mandalorian, which is of course so popular right now, plus all those books and comics and video games uh, and theme parks even. Um, all of it's part of the same thing. And so we're able to put that all together and explore a lot of the common themes that tie it together. You know, if you take a character or an organization or a, a species, right? They, they have a story that's being told even across those mediums and across so many years. Um, and we can lay it out and help people understand what it is and why it's important and how it fits with everything else. And what did you learn that surprised you while you were putting this book together? Yeah. I mean, I do this full time, so it's rare that I get surprised, but for me, it was fun to see how, how we talk about Star Wars mm -hmm. has changed and shifted over time. You know, in 1977, people didn't really know what Star Wars was, right? And they were still kind of discovering it. And so, you know, it, it often took on a little bit more of a sci-fi flair because that's the words that we knew for something like this, even though, you know, later on, we sort of evolved our thinking about what Star Wars is. Um, and then over the years, certain themes have come and gone. Uh, you know, in the early 2000s, something about how do democracies fall apart? Um, how do people give up their freedoms? Well, that was important in our real world. And, and that took maybe more of a spotlight in those years. And, and more recently, we talk about Star Wars a lot as a franchise that's about hope. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's something we all, we all really want. And that's very relevant today. And, um, and that has changed and evolved. And, and I was able to look at the whole franchise and, and see that evolution. And all of those things are true. 
And all of those things are right. And that's what Star Wars. Um, Star Wars, I guess, stays relevant. You're listening to my interview with Cole Horton, co-author of The Star Wars Book, available wherever fine books are sold. It, in its very DNA, it had things that, that turned out to be timeless. Um, whether it's the themes or the characters, the, the mythology that it's sort of based on, it's, it's cinematic inspirations, even the music. Uh, think back to so many of the, the films from the 70s and 80s. And those soundtracks feel like they're from the 70s and 80s. But the, the, the brilliance of this John Williams uh, orchestral uh, score is that it's still wonderful today and it mm -hmm. still works. And it's just an example of how Star Wars has managed to stay relevant all this time. Well, I thought that one of the things that uh, has made Star Wars so special and last for uh, 43 years uh, and, and is going as strong as ever is that it portrays the line between good and evil in a very realistic kind of way. Uh, and as a counter to that, or as a part of that, is also about family in its own strange way. And I think those very primal, very basic elements are part of the thing uh, that has made this so great. Add in the lightsabers, add in cool planets, all that stuff. At its base, though, it's really about something that everyone can kind of grab onto and understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it really shines through in the book because we're taking all of those topics and you're seeing that that constant struggle between good and evil and and yeah how those family lines have run across mm -hmm. these multiple trilogies and yeah this 43 years we've had um and i think one of the other things that shines through is you really get to see you know that power of personal choice right like star wars is this big galaxy with these big galactic events going on but at the end of the day it comes down to did people make the right choices or the wrong choices and how did they get there and uh you know even in a big galaxy single individuals can change the course of that history and that that really shines through in the book as well now as you're putting something like this together you must be thinking about what's coming what's coming for star wars and so what is the future of star wars is it baby yoda is it uh more <laughs> movies is it uh standalone television shows like the mandalorian what do you see as the future you know just as a fan i, I suspect it's all of that and that's kind of the beauty of this big world um one of the sections of the book that I got to write was just about the galaxy itself. Mm -hmm. And you realize there's millions of star systems in this galaxy. And if you start to add them up from what you've seen in the films, the TV, we've barely scratched the surface. <laughs> and so uh, I think from a storytelling perspective, there's room for so much. But then Star Wars has always been sort of on the cutting edge as well in terms of technology, right? You think back to those days and what industrial light and magic was able to do from a visual effects standpoint. Um, all of that was in service of just like tell a great story, right? Get this amazing story out to audiences and, and Star Wars has always done that. And uh, yeah, between the size of the galaxy and the fact that, that the franchise is willing to go wherever great stories can be told, I, I, I'd hate to limit ourselves just think, oh, it's just a movie franchise, because it's not. Um, it seems to be an everywhere stories can be told kind of franchise. And uh, that's great for me as someone who works on it professionally, but it's great for me as a fan and for all the fans out there too, because if you love it, you can keep coming back. 
I loved that Baby Yoda made such a splash because here you again have this franchise that's been around for a very long time and everyone knows and loves Yoda, probably one of the most popular characters from the original franchise. But then this new creature comes along, this new character comes along, and people go absolutely bonkers for, for it. And I, I thought that was uh, lovely. There are, uh, there's another generation of Star Wars fans out there, I think, probably, who will gravitate to Baby Yoda first. And that will be their first exposure. Their touchstone uh, won't be like for me, who was old enough to be there in 1977, with the, the crawl coming across the screen and having my mind blown by that. Baby Yoda will be that for them. So it's intergenerational, and I think that's possibly part of the uh, the, the appeal. Funny enough, you know, I get to travel the world and meet Star Wars fans. And I like to ask people their Star Wars origin yeah, yeah. story. And for a certain generation, it is about that going to the theaters and being surprised and blown away. But for most people now, it's about how Star Wars has been passed down and around to them. Right, someone introduced them to Star Wars. Oh, you've got to come check out, you know, this the child, right? This yeah. baby Yoda creature, um, and that that connectivity that we have around this franchise is is really special. Well, that's a wrap for my interview with Cole Horton and my Star Wars extravaganza for this year. You can find Cole's book, The Star Wars Book, wherever you buy fine books, and it's really worth a look. It's a beautiful book, lavishly illustrated, everything that you've ever wanted to know about Star Wars. It's right between those covers. My big thanks to Cole Horton for zooming in from Orlando, and then all the way from London, England, my thanks to Anthony Daniels. You can find his book, I Am C-3PO, The Inside Story, in paperback, in bookstores, and wherever you buy books right now. But most of all, as always, my biggest thanks goes to you. I appreciate your time. I'm Richard Krauss. Stay happy, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. And um, may the force be with you.